What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. I appreciate you joining me. I realize you got a lot of uh, opportunities to listen to podcasts, and I just appreciate you taking the time to listen to this one. And uh, this one's going to be a fun one. It's a special one. I've got a guy that's... uh, uh, been in the business a long time. I've known him for. We, uh, he he won't know exactly how long <laughs> I've known him for, but uh, we've. Uh, it's going to be a good talk, and uh, he's the uh, head golf professional at Champions Run, Mr. Ray Pierce. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, BJ. Uh, thanks for coming and talking to me. Well, I, I appreciate you doing this, and um, you know it's uh, it's going to be fun. You've got a lot of uh, things and stories to talk about, and uh, I just appreciate you having me out. You got it. You got it. Yep. Um, well, you probably before we get into it all, you probably don't know this, and I didn't want to tell you before we started recording. But when I when I got started, we met at Stones River Country Club. Uh, you were the first assistant there under Gene Dixon, and uh, I was just a little old kid playing golf. But I watched you hit balls, man, and that inspired me. You hit <laughs> balls. Some of the balls you would hit, I was like, I just want to be able to hit it somewhat close to that. And I and that's what made, that sort of kept me going, kept me uh, uh, wanting to be in the golf business. I ultimately got on the turf side, but hey, you know, uh, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't going to be a professional. But man, you hit it well. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't know what direction you were going to go, and that threw me <laughs> that threw me off a little bit. But I'm I appreciate that, and I realize, uh, you know, today more than ever that yeah, I mean, I I I had a gift and. You know the the I don't know the unusual thing is I I didn't know how good I was yeah and uh, it it uh, I <laughs> I had a three or four year period of my life where the game was really really easy mm-hmm. and then you know I I had a ten year period up to that of learning how to play the game uh, becoming physically mature you know that that. Those two things came together yep. at the same time. And then, you know, three or four years, I, I played really good. <laughs> and then I figured out, man, I'm just not, you know, my. I found out more about myself. You know, I, there's other things that were more important. And uh, and learning more about yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, that That's that's cool. Well, I, uh, I, I, I wanted to let you know that as an influence, you know, you don't realize who you influence in life a lot of times, and sometimes life comes full circle, and you were you were you had a big impact on me as a golfer and wanting to play golf, so I just wanted to share that with you. Well, I sure, I'm sure <laughs> glad we got off that, that foot. You know, yeah. I, you're exactly right. I, sometimes I don't, I know I don't yeah. realize that I'm moving like everybody else is, like a bunch of ants. We're just running around trying to. Take care of all we need to take care of, absolutely, and, and sleep good at night. Heck so. yeah! Well, let's um, let's start at the beginning and how you got into golf. You you uh, your family is rich in the golf history, especially here in Tennessee. So I want to walk through a lot of that. But let's talk about you first and and how you got started in the game of golf. What your career looked like and and uh, how you ended up being the head golf professional here at Champions Run. Because I know that's a long path, but it, it's a long, long path. Yep. I mean, when I was little, I hated golf, and I tell <laughs> a lot of kids and people I teach when I tell them that story. I was like, "This game is, uh, you know, it's it's not for everybody. It's 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 going to challenge you to no end." And I was thankful. My parents, their tutelage. Uh, you know, my mom was the oldest elder daughter, and so I mean, all she did was golf growing up. Yep. And then my dad. Um, his family, uh, they they didn't do much golf, but my dad loved sports, and uh, so 
you know, I played all the sports growing up, so I was not, um, you know, everybody on my mom's side, man, that's all I did was play golf, and that was fine, but I hated it because I wasn't very good at it, yeah. you know, and I was good at the moving ball sports, you know, sure. football, baseball, baseball. Yeah. I couldn't wait. This yeah. it was whichever season it was, I was doing it. Yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah. It's between here, um, Nashville and Memphis. Um, had a great childhood, you know, like I said, I was playing with peewee football and, and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, Dad's dad was a Church of Christ preacher, and uh, my my mom's dad was a golf pro. So I mean, I I was fortunate. I got to spend these summers up here in Old Hickory, you know, yeah. playing golf. I'd spend a month. I couldn't. I I I I really enjoyed being here. I didn't. I wasn't looking forward to going back home. When I got home, I got back in the routine of school and football, yeah. and and uh, just a blessed childhood. Yeah, uh, truly and even tried to play football and golf in college. I tried that, and I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> what um, What made you all of a sudden or suddenly just decide to move away from the, as you said, the moving ball sports and play a ball that you have to hit? It's <laughs> real difficult. Well, game. it was just growing up. I mean, I played some basketball. Like I told you, I hurt my back when I was at Stone River. We were playing church league basketball. And uh, the football thing, you know, when I went to Memphis – you know, I walked on, I was, you know, they talk about it. if you care about your body at all, you won't do that. But I, I did it for a season. I tried yeah. it because I, I just loved college football. I yeah. mean, I absolutely wanted to be as big a part of it as I could. And I got to travel to uh, Knoxville, to Neyland Stadium. I got to go to the Superdome, and I got to dress out at Georgia when Herschel Walker ran 260. First ESPN game, I was there on the field. So I got did, to experience did you say that. What, did you say what college? I don't recall. Did you say? I what? was at Memphis for two Memphis. years. Okay. I was at Memphis. Yep. I played golf. And football. And football. Yeah. I, I only played football one year there, though. And then I played just golf the second yeah. year. And I was not a very good student. So <laughs> I ended up going to get a junior college degree and transferring to UT Martin, which you told me. Yeah. You know, I played there. And I played Go for Skyhawks Grover. Skyhawks now. Played for Grover there one year. Yeah. Yeah, he was my golf coach. I was. Yeah. And uh, he was a great man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were influenced by a lot of great people. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my family atmosphere was, you know, golf. It's a, got a golf heritage and then a, a Christian heritage on the other side. Sure. So your golf career, um, what little I remember about it, and then forgive me for not all, knowing all the, the details, but you had a little stint on the PGA Tour, I, I remember. I never made it to the PGA Tour, but I played the the what's now the the Corn Ferry. I played the Hogan Tour okay. for two years, okay. and I played in a few PGA Tour events. Well, maybe that's um, what I mean. And that's yeah. yeah, and you know, I never in that direction. You know, I I never I never. It took me ten years. I mean, I was fourteen. I was terrible. Yeah, twenty three, twenty four. I won my conference championship when I was at Martin, but you know. Compared to tour-level players, still didn't think I was very good. But when I got to Stones River, I'm married and got a couple babies, you know, yeah. one, three years old. But for whatever reason, I mean, it was like, you know, man, this is easy. And it was just <laughs> – I, I got I got to that level, and I, I'm thankful I did. I, you know, yeah. I tell people all the time, it's better to be a has-been than it never will be. Yeah. Did you ever um... – did you ever want to be a full-time golf PGA I, I did. I did at that point when yeah. I left Stones River Country Club. I was like, golly, yeah, it was a yeah. relief not to to do that job, you know. Right. be there on weekends, spend a lot of time with your family. And, you know, I didn't – you know, I had to be in the shop dealing with members. Yeah. And, uh, and know that's, how that can that's, be. <laughs> that's something that I just – yeah, I don't wish on anybody. But some people, they can do that. Yeah. But that's not my – Big niche, but but by having that experience, it's helped me deal with the public and yeah. deal with people, and you know it, it was a good training ground for that. Yeah. Well, how's the golf game now? I can still hit it. I can still play uh, occasionally, pretty good. Um, if if I'm in the right frame of mind, you know, if my mind's not racing, that's that's typically what I've learned. You know what 
my anxious personality started to come out when I left home and started playing golf. I just I had trouble calming down. Yeah. And and now I I see that in my game. I've got a lot of responsibilities, and when I go play, <laughs> I can't seem <laughs> to calm the mind down. And, yeah. And just, but but I do have moments. I mean, and I physically, thank the Lord, I'm uh you know I'm in great shape, and I can still hit it. Yeah. Like you saw me hit it, I can still get, I can still hit it. Well, that's that's good. But uh, <laughs> there's other parts of my game that that aren't where I would prefer them to be. But I'm, I can putt it and drive it and just around the greens if, if I could ever get comfortable doing that. Which I think that's the Lord's telling, Lord's way of telling me don't don't get too excited about playing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny for me, and I I certainly didn't have the game that you did, but I find that uh, for whatever reason. I'm, I guess the game comes differently to me now as opposed to when I was actually actively trying to be competitive and took it more seriously. You know, I had a lot of ability. I didn't practice a lot, so I, I, I wasted it a lot on, you know, I never really won anything of any significance, but I played pretty well pretty consistently. But now it's like, you know, I feel physically okay. I feel stronger. I probably hit it as far or further. Than I did then. I, I don't hit my driver as far as probably be, but but do you find that like you've gotten the game for you has gotten better, or is it just because their technology is different and some of the things like that? Where do you find your game now that say you would compare it to back then? I know the technology is kind of difficult, you know, different. But um, do you see yourself probably being a better player? I don't. Yeah, I know I don't see myself <laughs> being a better player, but I I see. The potential's still there, you know. I, I still, yeah. you know, I could turn on a switch and go out and make eight or nine birdies. It could, it could happen, but the likelihood of that is very nil. Do you I mean, play competitively anymore? Um, I don't, yeah. and that's one of the reasons. Is probably you know, once you lose that, once you, you know, when you get older and you you've yeah. got different parts of your body that don't react like they once did, and that's what was when I peaked. You know, twenty three to 28 years old, you know, I was in just physical, yeah. you know, emotional, um, it was there. And now <laughs> you got a fan center. I got a stand. fan. Yeah. 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 Well, we're, <laughs> yeah, he ought to come in here and, and join in. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thankful to have him in my life. Uh, yeah. Steve, uh, he, uh, him and Ron, you know, they, they put some faith in me, uh, 18 years ago sure. and, and it's it's you know I wouldn't trade my life for anybody's life. Yeah, we're talking about Steve Graham and Ron Graham. Yeah, yeah and, and that they're uh, they Lou's son, Lou's nephew, Lou's nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou's nephews. Yeah. I grew up when the summers in Old Hickory. Yeah, that's who I grew up. That's in the summertime we were playing golf every yeah. day. Yeah, or going swimming or or yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, and we were wore out at the end of the day, and that's what a training ground. Like yeah. I said, and I, I try to. Let all these kids know they're playing. Yeah, you know, do it in spurts, but don't don't do baseball and golf at the same time. But spend yeah. a couple of months, you know, just getting with your buddy, finding a friend. If they can find a buddy when they're 12, 13, 14 years old, yeah. I, that's that's going to be the best thing that could ever happen to their golf game. If they're both into it. Sure. Well, you're being humble about <laughs> a lot of things, but I mean, you 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 do come from a rich family that's been. Um, big time for Tennessee golf and, and more probably wide, more widespread than that. Talk a lot of, talk a lot about your family, what, what that's meant to you and some of the experiences that that's created for your, you as far as golf and, and, and that goes. Cause I know it's a, um, for people that will listen to this is pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, your grandfather, uh, you know, you're a menace. I'm, I don't know. He had like, Shoot, I'm probably going to get the number wrong here. My family, it's like 13 grandkids, and and I was right in the, the middle of the pack there. Yeah. So I was wearing him out when I was a kid, but but just seeing the life he had, I mean, he he enjoyed engaging with people. Um, you know, just he would talk to anybody about golf, and he would go out on the driving range and he would help anybody. Yeah. And. Uh, he just loved the game, and and he he helped, you know. He was one of the first persons, just the first people, to start junior clinics, and you know, start doing clinics in Middle Tennessee. And so he's kind of a pioneer in that 
in that respect in this area of the world. Give everybody his name. His name's Harold Eller. Yeah, and, Mr. Uh, Eller. Mr. Eller, uh, you know, he he was the defining influence. And then, you know, Mike and Richard, his two boys. Yeah. Mike's had an incredible career in public golf, which I was able to learn from him yep. for several years working in the turf grass end over at Hermitage. Um and a business side too. He's just an incredible businessman is and great visionary. And then Richard was he also did the golf business. Richard was a really good player uh, in his day. He yeah. he he was very similar to me. He was just not quite good enough to be a PGA tour player. And and um those two guys and then my brother's in the golf business. He grew up um learning from Richard. He learned more from Richard in the golf business. Right. Richard was at where Indian Hills is right now. <laughs> Richard was the golf pro there, at, and it was a nine-hole course called Fox Run. Fox Run, yeah, I remember. And uh, Richard moved around a lot, you know, you know, different public golf courses, but never found a home, you know, long-term. Yeah. Um, and then our Aunt Judy won the uh, NCAA championships. She was a Walker Cup player, um, probably the best athlete in our family, uh, Aunt Judy. Judy. Yeah. Judy Eller Street. She's in the Golf Hall of Fame. My mom and dad are both in the Golf Hall of Fame. Um, and and Papa Harold Eller, he's yeah. in the Golf Tennessee Golf Hall of Ten, Fame. Tennessee Golf, Tennessee Golf yeah. Hall. So yeah, there's a lot lineage there that I'm grateful to have. But like I said, me being humble. I mean, yeah, I was thinking before you got here this morning. I said. You know, I'm out here riding around on the scooter, and, and I mean, I hadn't done anything to get where I am. Uh, I have, I, I haven't screwed it up. Yeah, that's that's to this point. I well, there's something to be said for that. So, you know, but I do. I love managing people, and and you know, that's the hardest thing I find doing with my people nowadays is get out of that phone. You know, get talk to somebody, look yeah. them in the eye, and talk to them. Yeah, that's what we need more of. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things that I got I get out of this doing this podcast is I've gotten to sit down with guys that I would never <laughs> spend an hour with talking to them and just learning more about them and and it gets you out of your comfort zone. It also lets you learn more about people, um, and hopefully that they get as much out of it like you'll get as much out of it as sitting. As well, me, I am. I, you know, I, this so. has been great. I yeah. I mean, I I like I said, I that's what my dad would say. As I yeah. said, my dad's got some. <laughs> quirky things my my kids will enjoy me saying that yeah um but yeah live you know we just moved 15 minutes closer to here and connie my wife i she's you know we got her this job working for uh dick horton over 30 years ago and she's been the stable one in my family she's yeah. had the same job for over 30 years and so she's in golf my daughter is uh the shop manager works with the kids i'm going to call her a fourth generation golf pro uh she's at the grove and then our son got a job he's the operations manager for seymour putters over on mallory lane yeah and he loves doing that so we're all four kind of in golf now and i do well, feel a little awesome. bit responsible for that which yeah. that's kind of neat they didn't have a chance without being anything <laughs> they, else. they were they were like me they yeah. i tried a few things for a very short period of time i tried a few other things but this is all I know. Yeah. And uh, my brother's up there in Detroit. He briefly got out of the golf business. Now he's Barry Pierce. He's in Novi, Michigan, and he's he's back doing golf, trying to make a way in yeah. a place with a very short season. Yeah. You got to be more creative up there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's this is a business that it you get a lot out of it, and it's something that I've gotten a lot out of being on the you know, in it doing what I've done. I mean, I'm 25 plus years in it. You've been in, you know, all your life. And, right. And, and, and you know, a lot of change. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard to get away from it. Even, even when it takes away from you, like my career is no secret. I mean, I, I, I left on back, not on my terms. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to walk away on my own terms. I, I was forced on me. And so, but I've tried to stay around it. I've tried to stay in it and I've tried to keep my focus on, what it's given me and try to give back. And, and, you know, just doing this podcast was one of those things that I thought, well, this would be a good way to shine a light on an industry that doesn't get much, um, you know, exposure, uh, you know, unless you're 
on the golfing playing side, there's not a lot of exposure to the small town clubs, the club professionals, the salesmen, the, the turf guys, the superintendents. And, and um, you know, I, I just felt like it was, a, it, was a, it was a good place to go to, to sort of rehabilitate and to, and to find a love and a passion again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I think what you got going on, I'm, the only thing I knew about prior to you coming today, didn't you interview Kip? Uh, no, well, me and Kip worked uh, at, together. At, uh, he was in the pro shop, and I was in the, you know, obviously the superintendent, but at Brentwood. So we have a, a relationship. I don't talk to him much anymore, but yeah. Kip, Kip Henley? No, See, Kip I'm Moore. Talking, I thought, okay. No, I'm no, talking, I'm talking about, about Kip, Kip Henley. Yeah, Kip. No, I would love to interview Kip. I mean, yeah. I don't know him personally, but yeah, well, uh, he does. Yeah. He would love to do yeah. this. Yeah. He's, he's got. You, if you know him, <laughs> reach out. I, I mean, I, about the only way I could reach out to him would be on Twitter. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll sit down and talk to anybody. Um, but uh, no, it. Uh, it you know, this has been fun. I mean, that's the thing that that I enjoy the most about it is getting to know people that I that I, that I've known a long time. I just. I just know them through golf, but I don't know a lot of them about anything personally, you know, much more than just surface level stuff. So, yeah, yeah, you know. I can see. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm yeah. glad you've done it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you've come over here and let me <laughs> tell some of my stories. But that was Kip Henley, who's now the caddy out yeah. there. That's just what I was thinking about. I thought, you know, he's made him, you know, he's gone full circle into yeah. the caddy and he's really into this Twitter and, and social media stuff. Yeah. And he, he sent out a tweet about me one time and and i just told him i said you know i i i i i said i had the ability i just i feel like i'm a better person because there was just a, i just i didn't like myself when i was playing really really good golf yeah and that's just me being brutally honest about it i i'm i, I was humbled enough and like i said i i didn't i didn't ever when i'm in high school and college i didn't expect to get to get to that level yeah. and that's kind of i guess you know i wasn't comfortable with it yeah i guess that's my what i've come to realize but but uh i love the i love the interaction i have you know every day with my employees and uh it champions run and dealing with the yep. the clientele i have it's it suits me yeah for sure well, I'd love to talk – I want to talk about your role here at Champions Run. But before we leave sort of your career and your family and all, you got to have at least one good story that's, that you can tell our audience about something that's happened to you in golf, whether you come across, a, uh, you know, playing with a, some, you know, famous person or whatever. I well, know, I'll, I'll tell, I've told this story yeah. a thousand times. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I lost in a playoff to Tom Lehman in a tournament on the Hogan Tour. And, and yeah, it's one of the few things that's just so vivid because yep. it just was surreal – uh, the the round of golf, um, we were paired together on the final day in uh, in uh, not Darlington but Florence, South Carolina. But it's right next to Darlington because we went and saw the racetrack sure. that day, and I thought that was pretty cool that week. But um, I had played with Tom in the final round in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I had made a cut to that point. And I played real good with him that day, and I finally, it was the first cut I'd ever made, so I got paired with him, but. He won three times that year, and that was the last year before he was on the PGA Tour. Got it. And uh, so we're up there on the driving range. It looks like it's going to rain, and me and him are paired together, and he's got a he's got a two-shot lead. And and I was just – I don't know. I'd had that – this is kind of the way I played golf. I played good the week before I finished my first top ten was the week before. So, uh -huh. you know, it's just kind of a streaky thing. It's like all of a sudden I'm right, you know, now I'm, now I'm the guy that can really play, right. you know. <laughs> And believe it, and that's the whole deal. But we we played around, and we were back and forth. And of course, it's a big crowd. We're the only two guys that got a chance to win the golf tournament. So we just, you know, we end up getting to the, you know, he was. I mean, it was just birdie. You know, he'd either birdie or I birdie, and and we get over to the. He had a three shot lead on me, going into uh, sixteen, and. Uh, he hits it in there and misses it, and I get. I made an eight footer for par there, you know, stay down three, and the last hole was a par five, and I like to give you this picture because it's just, it's a par five, and it's got a big ravine. Imagine Stones River being between you and the green, right? And the green's right on the other side of Stones River, and uh, he hits his drive out there pretty good, and I pop mine up a little bit, you know, I didn't didn't quite catch it, and Mark Hill, who is now with the uh, USGA. <laughs> 
far far hills new jersey he's he's worked his way up to a real good career he's caddying for me and we get down there and you know i've been struggling and i made a cut and now i made a top 10 and i'm down three and he's wanting me to lay up and i'm like <clears throat> i was like mark we've been out here you know busting our ass for for a few months and it's like i mean what have i got to lose really so i had driver he's got he's 30 yards ahead of me and i'm and you can't see the green. And I had a Jerry Foltz was playing in front of me at the time. You probably heard of him. He was on the green, and they were on the green. They told me to hit. And I had this big old cut and sawed it off of her and evidently made it to the green. And uh, now he's out there at 100, you know, 120 yards, and he's got to hit a wedge shot. So yeah. I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't know anybody was on the green for one thing. <laughs> right. So I hit the shot, executed, got it done. He hits it in there about 10 or 15 feet. And I didn't hit a very good first putt, and I left it about eight feet short. And he misses his, and I make mine, so I'm only down two. So we go to 18-T. I hit a good drive out there. He's hit it in a bunker. And this is the hardest hole in the golf course. Wind's blowing about 15 or 20, dead 90-degree dog leg left. So we're hitting, you know, he's hitting a three-iron out of the bunker, and I'm hitting a three-iron. And I hit a great shot. I mean, just a laser beam hit up there about 15 feet. And he left it in the front bunker. And uh, so I got 15 feet, and he hits a terrible bunker shot, just gets on the green and leaves up there three feet. So now, in my two holes, I've got a putt here, you know, to win the tournament potentially. Right. <laughs> and uh, I did. I knocked it in. So now he's got to make a three-footer to, to go to a playoff. And he knocked it in. I was like. Well, anyway, we're in a playoff. You know, I was like, Mark, so that worked yeah. out all right. Yeah. So, and I'm, you know, I mean, it's the most fun I've ever had in my life, you know, because there's people watching and I'm I'm believing and I'm hitting it good. And and I bombed it over on the first playoff hole and I, I'm, and, and he hits it over in the right rough, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I've got this. I got this. And I'm starting to feel good. And he hits it from the right rough and just stuffs it. You know, just absolutely stuffs it. And you can't see where the hole is. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my mind just went, oh, my gosh. And I hit a mediocre wedge shot, 10, 15 feet right home, missed it, and he made it, and he won the playoff. <laughs> but it was uh, – that's kind of the, the only story I know that stands out in my life where yeah. it was just, man, I, you know, I was that close to winning uh, uh, whatever, you know, and that would have exempted you from uh, first round of two – Q school for life, you know, right. if you win one of those, which is probably a blessing because I went to Q school, I think I went seven times. And, you know, that's a grind, but, you know, well, I wouldn't about, trade any of that yeah. for anything because I didn't know how hard it was, yeah. you know, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a young, young man just thinking maybe I can make a living doing this. It leaves an impression on you, you can tell, because, you know, you can still tell the story so vividly and, yeah. and you know, and you, you, there's I'm, a lot. I'm so old, I forgot a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, and there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of life lessons in ju in just those two two or three holes where, you know, you you just when you think you've got it, then it gets snatched away. Yeah, just when, yeah. You there know, was. Just when yeah. you think you're out of it, it you, is, you can the get in a playoff. You know. And you see it all the time. The momentum swings in yeah. golf, and that's yeah. that's what happens. You your brain, you know, getting in the zone is just. It's just being able to calm your brain and be able to just – it really doesn't matter that much. Convincing yourself it's not really that big deal. Just do what you just do what you can do. Yeah. And it's it's easier said than done. Those are the things I just find myself not being able to do yeah. anymore. Don't you think that's why Tigers, guys like that, are so mentally tough? They they always seem to think that the guy's going to do – hit a great shot. They're all – I've got to do what I've got to do because he's going to do. Yeah. And, and no, there's whether no question. And, and they – so they – he thinks that way, and that's why he just keeps the hammer down. He does. Yeah. He does. He's just got an ability to, to stay in the moment yeah. better than any of them. And, of course, he's got all the other tools too. Yeah, no, it helps. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's been incredible to watch him, you know, like me being up and age, seeing what he's done yeah. last – couple of years has been really cool yeah well um tell me tell me what it, life is like here at champions run for you uh you've been here what 17 years um did you come here when they first built it how, how what was your, I came what's your in, career when when they when we they opened in september 02 okay um and um i got here in march 02 so we were halfway we were half 
half about halfway done with Ben. We hadn't had we didn't have a clubhouse yet. Okay. And about half the holes hadn't been finished out. Yeah. So I came in because of the you know the the agronomy um, experience I got uh, at Hermitage. Um, you know, helped me as much as just knowing. Ron and Steve personally, and just them knowing my career and yeah. knowing me. Yeah, uh, that was probably the you know, like I said, but but once we got uh, once we got open, we just started trying to grow the grow the business. And the other thing that was good about me is my contacts in Murfreesboro. I've been in Murfreesboro over thirty years, and so I've been here. I was able to, you know, it, at least get us get some people out here playing. Yeah, first few years. And get the word of mouth going. Yeah, uh, it's had its challenges, which all golf courses, as you well know, we were the first golf course to go to the Bermudas. Yeah, and that was another thing that really enticed me about moving from bent grass to Bermuda. And uh, it's had its challenges. It wasn't, you know, as easy. It wasn't just a. <laughs> it yeah. was we've all found out it wasn't just. You don't just change over and you right. don't have to do anything to it. <laughs> what's your What's your thoughts about the the Bermudas? I uh, I love them because, like I said, I was working. We put all those fans in over there at President's Reserve uh, when when he built the you know the showcase course at sure, Hermitage, sure. and and you know just babysitting them greens when it gets ninety five degrees. I, I just felt like that was a waste of time. Yeah. I knew there was a better option than having the fans. Um, um, just. Uh, and and learning from Memphis Country Club, it you know it's the only surface you can have that's soft and really fast. You can't do that with bent grass. Bent grass is going to have to be yeah. firm to be uh, to be real fast. Real fast, yeah. And you know we don't keep our stupid fast, but you know just uh, I love being able to put them to sleep in the summer or in the winter and just yeah. put blankets on. It's all you got to worry about rolling them. So the maintenance standpoint obviously made yeah. sense too, and what our vision was here. Yeah. What's your cover philosophy here? Do you have, um, do you have one? Yeah, I mean, if it's going to trend, uh, if it, ours is the oldest, obviously. Sure. We've probably got yeah. the most roots of anything around here. And if it's going to get down to 20 and trending to 17, 12, 10, and it's not going to get above freezing, but it's going to have to be trending in where the high is freezing or below. Yeah. That's pretty much what I'm looking at. Yeah. Y'all have you have champion here actually. We do the green the green variety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you guys put it in, and then I think Brentwood. Brentwood. We had them came over that. there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I'm introducing these guys. I said, yeah. you know, and our greens weren't perfect. They were only a year old. Yeah. And I'll never forget the membership guy saying, "Well, if we have this, we're gonna have issues." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah." There's. Yeah. I said, "This is just a year old though. Yeah. Take me, you know, and it takes a couple of years to." And, and and we have the soil base too, you know, that a lot of the clubs are converting. You've only got sand, you know. Yeah. I I think these things do better if you can, but most of us don't have that option, obviously. Right. To push up a green and yeah. and re totally rebuild. It. And that's how y'all did it from the from the get go, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We because uh, Brentwoods was no tilled over what used to be bent grass, and so completely different setup absolutely know, and growing yeah, it, it needs more yeah. deep tining and you probably needed to yeah. do a lot more um to them because of that just on the early stages yeah well once you got them once once they got a little bit more mature um they sort of started to react they got a little bit more organic matter built up you know that's true they softened up and you could you know deal with it but it takes two years yeah. though for them to soften up oh, to yeah. get that get that mat going yeah. on well they don't have i mean did, did you experience that much here with where the ball would repel pretty much at the beginning oh absolutely yeah, yeah the that's, first couple yeah everybody yeah. used to oh your greens are so hard i'm yeah. like yeah no they're hard they ain't got nothing under dirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what made it real difficult for us yeah, yeah i mean it was just and like you said you just he just explained to him, he's like, look, this is, you know, be, yeah. pro be patient with us. Yeah. But they're, at least they're all hard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just figured out how to go. Did you, um, do you ever, have you ever experienced any d trouble with them as far as winter damage or anything like that? Have you had any issues like that? Uh, not any real winter damage. Spring dead spot. We've, yeah. we've dealt with that a few times and, and hopefully this year. We dealt with that this year and yeah. I dealt with that with my, <laughs> players and everything is like look I, I we'll grow out of this i know it's not good but yeah and then they got really really good and and you know we found out last year we i think we we changed uh superintendents and i think 
something didn't get done in a preventative manner that caused that this year. We, yeah. We're pretty sure that's that what happened. Happen. So you have a new superintendent? We hired a new superintendent last year. Uh, we we changed directions, and uh, it's it's been a challenge yeah. in a lot of respects. I don't really want to I don't really want to go into the details <laughs> of you. all that. Just uh, uh, this is a fan friendly show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm well, trying. Well, to, we we could try to not ruffle any feathers. <laughs> I hear on you. Any of that. Well, what's your what's your day like um, here? Do you? you know? I, I manage the T sheet. Manage the tournaments. I manage a few guys in the shop. I manage all the card help, um, and I, like I said, I'm I'm daily checking on things outside to make sure that the stuff's getting done sure. on the golf course. Um, but just trying to push the needle, trying to create more business. Yeah, um, that's at least for us. It looks like it's really trending in a good direction. You know, <laughs> as long as these people keep buying houses and building houses between Brentwood and and uh Murfreesboro will be fine. Yeah. Well you're in a good spot. I mean yeah. for those that don't know, we're we're sort of sit we're how far would you say away from Murfreesboro? We're 15 20 yeah. minutes from Murfreesboro yeah. and we're 25 yeah. 25 30 from Franklin. Yeah, it's not it's not terrible to get here. Yeah, and 840's just north of yeah. us and that really helps. Yeah. And, yeah, and it is. It's become a good product. You know, we're 17 years. We're cutting down trees instead of planting them now. Sure. So, yeah, it has a feel like, like Stone River and Old Country Club. It has a feel like you're playing an old yeah. old country club. And it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. We don't have 50 bunkers. We got 10 or 12 bunkers in our cart pass. are really old school, yeah. you know. What's your rounds like? How do you? How do you we're do you doing play? around 30,000 rounds, Ooh. give or take. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not uh, it's not bad. Yeah, we have uh, annual memberships, but they're not real real pricey because you're dealing with a lot of public play and a lot of what we hope more of outing play. Yeah. So your relationship with Steve and Ron—they're the owners, right? They are. Yeah, and there's and, two others: yeah. Kirk Triplett and um, Kirk Triplett on the signature yeah. and. Uh, and Stuart Moore, who was the architect, okay. I hadn't seen him in seventeen years, and I probably hadn't seen Kurt in ten. Yeah, but Ron and you know Steve is primarily the owner that's here day to day. And, yeah, and Ron's here. You know, he doesn't get around. He doesn't even get over here much either. He's sure. he's on the tour, and Ron's got a good. You know, Ron's got a unique uh, life too. He's been a tour rep. You know, he's been traveling the tour for as long as I. You know, he was assistant at Hermitage for yeah. a little while that he got that niche. Uh, uh, never compromised putters. He started that. and But he's, okay. he's a Wilson rep now. I got you. But he's he's repped several different uh, companies and traveled the tour. He's he's real good friends with Podrick Harrington, and he goes over on the other side of the pond every year. Yeah. Uh, he's a member at Nairn. But him and Holly live right there in Old Hickory, and they're big Old Hickory members. We ain't got into that, but <laughs> I hadn't been overseas. Steve, what Steve Smith's done to Papa's place, but yeah. I hear you've done great things. Well, I, I'll say this: uh, one of my very good friends is the superintendent, Dan Johnson, over there. Oh, okay, cool. And um, so I, I was just over there. We had a meeting probably a month or so ago, and. I, I didn't know it because he, he – it's always kind of been one of those clubs. You just never knew what it was going to be. And he was struggling to kind of figure things out. And now that the sort of some changes have been made and there's a new direction, that's going to turn into a very nice place. I hear it. It's awesome. The I've got a guy in Murfreesboro, like I said. He wants to join. Yeah. And that's, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I mean, we were in a hotel room, Steve. Yeah. Ron and I were – uh, in November at the Sanderson Farm, Steve was working with Ricky at the time, and I just we went down and talked business, and it was a great little trip. And uh, they were, you know, they were in the process trying to, you know, get Steve to buy it uh, because he's got the money to prop it up. Yeah. Uh, of course, and the club was really struggling, and 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 I'm yeah, it's worked out great. He enjoys. I think Steve's enjoying what he's doing out there. Yeah. And the membership is going to grow, and um, and. Yeah, that area is going to grow. That's sure. what's really important is all those old houses will start getting uh, uh, fixer uppered. Yep. You know, Chip and Joanna come into a few. Yeah. It's a. It, I mean, th 
it's what it takes sometimes is just somebody to come in and put a little bit on it and, and do a little bit to it and it changes the a whole little icing on that cake. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, in, in that kind of, you know, you, you've been here long enough at, at champions run to, to know that, you know, at some point there's going to have to probably be a little bit of a facelift. And an you got it. Yeah. You've got to come. Yeah. You got to consistently looking at where you can capital improve and, yeah. And also do it, you know, we're, like I said, we're, you know, we, we've never made a profit. Yeah. And, you know, if we didn't have owners that, you know, have money that they can, you know, not worry about, but, but do something that is good for golf. Right. And, you know, they're getting something for that yeah. and what we do here. Yeah. So. Well, and that's, you know, I, I haven't, uh, I've said this on a couple of different podcasts and I, I've had the had the thought of being a golf course owner. I don't know <laughs> if I would want to do it necessarily unless the situation was exactly right, but I feel like that that's just a business where if you if you do it right, you don't go into it with a lot of high expectations. Absolutely. Then you can give back and, you know, make a decent living. And so that being said, you know, you said, you know, you, you guys are looking at, you know, not making a profit, giving back, those types of things. What is it that you guys are maybe looking at uh, as the future for Champions Run, you got anything that's kind of on the in the in the horizon? You know, it's basically just do what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're trying to grow the game. Um, you know, from little kids and families, you know, to seniors. Like today, yeah. our parking lot's full. Yeah, it's full every day. And uh, with thirty thousand rounds, I gotta imagine it is. Yeah, it, it's full every day. Uh, we have a. Steve and I have a great training facility that MTSU partnered up with us in. So we have access to a nice indoor training center. Yep. Uh, the range is full full length. I mean, we, we put in a nursery this year just in case. I don't see us, you know, having to redo our greens. I mean, a lot of these courses, you know, if you're trying to keep this, this ultra dwarf perfect, you know, we're not going to be doing any massive – we can't afford it for one thing, yeah. you know, be shut down six weeks or whatever. Um, but we do have a 19th hole here, which is neat. So we yeah. can shut a hole down, do some work on it, and still operate under 18 holes. That's kind of a unique thing about yeah. Champions Run. Um, the facility is, you know, we set it up where one guy can stay here. Like I'm opening Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be 68 degrees. I'll be here by myself all day. Yeah, But that's – Thank you for giving us another good day. But but weather is is obviously the biggest proponent. Eighteen months, eighteen straight months of rain, weekends being, you know, you can't you can't like you say it's it's not the business model that Donald Trump's just going to go into unless he can use his right. money to to give back and do what he loves doing. Yeah. Well, it's a tough business it's, from an ownership standpoint. Absolutely. To make, make sense of it. I mean. <laughs> What, I heard something the other day. You can only charge so much. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. You can only do so many golf rounds. Yeah, I mean, how much better can your golf course be than the course down the street and what are you offering? And there's not a lot of players coming into it. You're trying to, you know, use the same pool of customers. And, same. There's yeah. not not a lot of people from 25 to 55 playing yeah. golf. Yeah. And that's like these scooters. You just mentioned that. We got these scooters. I'm getting ready to take you out for a ride yeah. on these scooters. I'm excited and, about that. And me, and me and Doug in there, we played 18 holes in an hour and 15 minutes, and we weren't in a hurry. Yeah. If we can speed the game up, BJ, make it more fun, make it more affordable, I, say, I have this saying all the time, well, it takes too long. It's too hard and it's too expensive. Other than that, it's a great game. <laughs> well, what's your thoughts on, like, nine-hole facilities? I like it. Yeah. I played Sweetens Cove. Me and my awesome. son have played it three times. Yep. We played it uh, last weekend. It's the absolute most favorite golf course I have in the world. And, wow, that's and a that's saying thing. a lot, yeah, isn't it? Is. Yeah. Uh, I've walked it twice and I rode because one of our friends, I said, well, I'm, I played Friday on Probably don't, but we that's the first time I ever played. They've got two pins now. So we yeah, played two different yeah. sets of tees and we played two different pins and we played 18 holes and played less than four hours. It's on 72 acres. Uh, it's got me believing there's the problem is you can't make money with it though. I mean, unless you get so global. Like yeah. I said, there's a guy from Stockholm, Sweden playing for, they said Jim Nance was play, played there last Saturday. Uh, two other guys that 
from my club played there yeah. uh, the week before, and it's just so fun. I mean, you can play fifty different kinds of shot. Yeah, greens <laughs> complexes are Green, wild. They're they're awesome, yeah. and and you know you find your ball pretty easy too. It's pretty accessible. Yeah. Um, but it, it's everything that that golf was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. when you play it, you you've got the beautiful. And it was the first time I played it where the weather was beautiful. Right. Sunny skies. It's just a beautiful property. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz around that golf course, and um, you know they're doing some big things. You know they've they've brought in some pretty high profile investors, and and uh, you know they're trying to. Yeah. I don't know what the ultimate goal is. I've I know Brent a little bit. He's the superintendent down there. He's been on my podcast. I just saw him the other day, and you know they just built a massive new putting green. And but their 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 whole model is. And they may end up building nine more holes eventually. I don't know what they're. They might, but I I don't think they have any intentions to. They've I don't got know if room it, there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's immediately in the cards. I know the maximizing the nine hole feel is the first priority. I mean, and, yeah, know, they their general manager. I met him. I don't yeah. know if you met his name's Matt, but he's been at the Carolina. No, I know I've met Rob a couple of different. He was times. in the, the Carolina office. section. He was Detroit Detroit Golf Club. So yeah. I mean, he's he he was. He was very hospitable yeah. Sunday. And, I mean, but, they're charging you $70, 45 if you walk for 18 And I, you know, here I am a golf pro, and I when I go to golf courses, I pay. Yeah, I'm like, I just like, you know, I, I've been in it long enough. It's <laughs> like, you know, I know what it's like on that side of the counter. Yeah. And, uh, it, I, you know, I, I, I told them, I said, we got to do this once a month this winter when I – you know what, I can do it. Cause yeah. It was just, we had a little match, a little six, six, and six, and the one guy had never played. And, th and uh, you know, it's just fun. I know I, I I need to, you know, send this out to the superintendent. And, yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, and it's only an hour from my house. Sure. Like you said. Yeah, I, it's not that far. I can, I can drive down there and be back. And, uh, and uh, have yeah. You, have you been up to Swanee? I have. Yeah. I, I don't like Swanee because it's just too hard. It, it's, you know, I'm just not necessarily too hard for me, but yeah. it's for your average Joe, it's just, whew. You got well, it's, a different, yards. it's a different nine-hole facility. And, and it, it's totally different. Yeah. I mean, I, and I I could see playing 18, playing nine there, and then going yeah. to, I could see that being a nice little trip because it's contrasting. Yeah. It's, it's um, you mean. It's, but it's not it's bad. Different. I mean, Swanee's a, you know. For you and I, we can get around it. Yeah, yeah, we can get around it. We yeah. can get around it. Yeah, and have have a, have a decent time. But for yeah. a twenty five handicapper, I wouldn't want them to be out there. Yeah. So what's golf? I know it's. I mean, it's been all you've known, and it's been your whole entire career. What do you feel like you've gotten the most out of it? Well, I mean, just honor and respect and integrity. I mean, you know, being in it since a kid and just yeah. seeing how. A lot of kids and a lot of people have grown up and just when people come into golf in a new way, newer people come in, they have no clue, you know, and, and that's, you know, having to rein that in is, is is tough. But that understanding their perspective too, you know, they see Tiger Woods, they see, <laughs> watch it on TV and you come try to do it. It's yeah. uh, it, most people nowadays, that threshold of getting into the game, they, they can't. They can't handle it, you yeah. know. They get in a few scrambles, but that's what we tell. We we've got a middle school, Saint Ru Saint Rose Academy. They have their field trip out here every year. Me and Steve, we wear them out on. You know, one of these days, your your boss gonna come in and say, "Hey, we're gonna play golf today." You want to at least know what he's talking about, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and and we, you know, because most of their parents don't play golf and they don't have a clue, yeah. and you're just trying to piece them, get them, get them through the day. It's better than math or algebra calculus it's yep. it's golf you know so but well that, that's basically yeah. it i hope that answers that well question. for sure and and you know the thing that i i like to always ask people especially that, in, a, in a job i love yeah you know in a job i mean i know tons of people that go to work every day and they're dissatisfied looking for something better i'm just you know so blessed to you know gotten a call from you know ron and steve you know seven 18 years ago i'm working at Hermitage. i'm just I was definitely not enjoying what I was doing, you know, just pure agronomy. And I didn't feel like I had any options until this came along. And, yeah. and I, you know, thankfully they hadn't fired me yet. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're going to. But, you know, that's yeah. the thing that um, 
it's a common theme. It, I think a lot of guys or women uh, that have been in the business for a long time, uh, you know, it's the relationship aspect of it. It's the people, you know, working with people, dealing with, um, you know, the game of golf can teach you so much about life. And, and it's in, you know, it's probably an overused analogy or cliche, but I mean, it's true. If you, people that play golf and they do it with integrity, they do it for a love of something that they enjoy, gets them out and dealing with nature. I mean, you know, you have to call penalties on yourself. You have to, you have to, you know, deal with, you know, ups and downs, trials and tribulations. You know, it's not always going to be great. Now, I don't care whatever level you, you are, you know, and, 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 and it all, it's, a, it's an equalizer. You know, we, we have a handicap system that makes it, you know, enjoyable for everybody to kind of compete with everybody. And, and so golf, to me, uh, and I know for you, I mean, it's all those things combined, it, it, it's just it's, it's something that uh, it's hard to put uh, it's wrapped special. into words. It is. It a special. is special. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I hated it, you know, on that note. You know, when I was a kid, man, I was real good at all those other sports. But, man, golf, I was – terrible at it yeah. i hated it i mean i literally hated it so you know me 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 you know wanting to get what you want you know wanting to have fun you know it just i was a slow grower and that's one reason i didn't get real good i wasn't the best high school. i won you know i won a few terms when i was when i wasn't a good junior golfer i was getting a little felt like i was getting the hang of it in college yeah you know i won some tournaments in college and i i uh when I turned pro and, you know, my life, I'm, I'm getting married and having kids and, and, uh, just that responsibility helped yeah. my golf game more than anything. Knowing I've got a family to take care of. I, I had to take it more serious. Absolutely. And, uh, and thankfully, like I said, it was, it was easy. You know, I, you know, I read this book when I was working there called the inside the out, the inside, I was thinking about this last night, BJ. I, at that time of, at that period of history, I was, I read this book. I'm trying to become a golf professional. I'm trying to really know more about the game, learn everything I can. But still, my my golf game is what seemed like, golly, I mean, I'm, I'm really having fun. Man, this is easy. It's, I'm, you know, it was just crazy. But I was thinking that period, I read that, that thesis that Papa gave me called The Inside Swings the Outside by Michael Hebron. Read that thesis, too, and it really made the biomechanical, you know, so that makes sense to me abstractly. And then also the best player in the world uh, at that time was Nick Faldo. And I just kind of loved his golf swing. And yeah, for I never sure. forget when I was at Stone River, just after he won the Masters, going out trying to, trying to, to uh, oh, you know what I mean, just. Trying to improvise, trying to Emulate. try to swing swing with his tempo. Right, his tempo was just just I thought just the best I'd ever seen. Yeah. And and me and Brad Shirley went to the Masters in '87. You know, just drove down there, stayed in a, we stayed in the in his car on the outside of the Knights Inn, and this is the first time I ever went to Augusta. And uh, we walk in there that morning, and you know. First time to see Augusta National, you're just like, wow. You know, and I just started working at, I guess I was at Stones River. I guess I just started working at Stones River. Yeah. And just remember watching those guys hit it on the range, and I was like, man, I can do that. I, I, I can swing it like that. And that's when I really started really going in that direction, thinking, yeah. just because I wanted to play there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and that was back when, you know, you go down and buy a ticket and just walk in, you know. That was, not that uh, way anymore. <laughs> not that way anymore. That was when uh, Sandy Lyle won that year. I think it was. Oh yeah, Sandy Lyle. Yeah. Well, BJ, you are awesome, man. I'm so thankful that you, uh, you know, let me be get to know you better. Maybe I'll, maybe I get to see you down here more. You reminded me you used to come down here and play back in the day, and I see people all the time. That I've been here that long. You yeah, know? I've been here like a generation. So I've yeah. seen kids grow up from tiny tiny kids to having kids you know yeah well you know i i go back to me and craig uh sewell played college golf or high school golf against each other and oh so I, I, we had a relationship together he i think their company did the greens conversion i wasn't there when they converted the greens at brentwood they I did came, but they I, did but, that's but correct. i spoke to him a lot after that because i was coming from bentgrass i was coming from the golf club of tennessee i 
I mean, nobody had really Bermuda except you guys. And so I, I had to learn on the fly, so to speak. So, and then I came over here several different times and played and I've got friends that come over here and, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I know we've crossed paths a bunch and, and you probably, <laughs> I'm probably reminding you of some of those things, mm -hmm. but man, the, it, the pleasure of sitting down with you and, and yeah. just learning more about you and, and doing that, that's what, that's what makes this so much fun. If you ever run out of material, I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll get Steve on here. You need to get him on well, here. We'd lo love to. I mean, that's, God, you talk about Ron Grant, Ron Graham too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would be great. Ron's been on the tour for 35 years. Yeah. But well, Lou and all you know, and that whole family is you know, if there's a, a first family of golf in Tennessee, it's you guys, the Ellers, and that's the what's Grams. made a good I mean, niche yeah. with me and Steve yeah. and Ron is both our families. Man, yeah. we were enriched, entrenched in the game, yeah. and uh, you know, Louie and Marty before Marty, their dad passed away a few years ago. They used to come out here and play once a month. Yeah. Lou and Lou and uh, and Steve and. Uh, and Marty, and then one of their brothers, Bob or Bud, is Bud. Bud's still in pretty good health. But uh, but yeah, this has got a lot of Hermitage, Old Hickory, um, even a lot of Wintry roots with Richard. Richard was at Wintry for several years, yeah. and Steve learned a lot of the golf business from Richard, and I learned a lot of it. I learned most of mine from Mike. Yeah, and yeah. Well, you had a lot of ton of uh, great influence. And Bobby sure. Schultz. Bobby. Bobby Schultz. Give a shout-out to Bobby, Bobby Schultz. Bobby, I'll get him on here one day. <laughs> He'd be a good one to yeah, get on he's here. he's got a ton of good stories. Bobby's a great one. Yeah. Yep. yeah I've he, known him for a while. He's done a great job over there. Yep. Well, before we uh, get out of here, I know we, we're going to go maybe jump on the golf course. And you're yeah. Play, you're playing a little bit. Um, what are some? What is either uh, something that uh, somebody that's influenced you uh, something that's, uh, you you know, something you, that you take home to kind of keep you going? I mean, you know, you have to you have to be have a reason to keep wanting to do this. So, is there anything that kind of sticks out that we can give maybe somebody that uh, that's listening to something that's influenced you that maybe you can pass on? The only thing that comes to mind is what I said about my grandfather. He uh, he just he wanted to help. He wanted to help people. Yeah, I mean, he just. And 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 I see people struggling with this game, and and I want to help them too. Right. And and I and I try to be more reserved and and make you know let them ask for the help. Well, you're but, more laid back, and I am. <laughs> I hate that I just am not more assertive in just saying, "All right, just just go over and just say, hey, how you doing?' You know, yeah. and just throw it at them because I love teaching the game now, and I didn't used to like teaching it so much, yeah. but I know I just. I don't know. You don't teach to everybody the same way, obviously. But I mean, when the game does not have to be hard, sure, does not have to be hard. But you've got to, you've got to work through some things to get it to where it's a little easier. Yeah. Um, but if you start playing this game and you don't get direction and you just start grab a club and go play, you're gonna, you're never gonna play it to your potential. You need to learn how to swing the club. Yeah efficiently and properly and 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 yeah it can be very rewarding and and the other thing is our families we talk yeah. about family golf you can play it for your whole life play football play basketball play softball play all as long as you can but golf's the only thing that'll be there uh, in the end yeah. when, when when you you know physically um can't do anything else yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i gave it up i gave all of it up uh, a long time ago because I think softball was the last thing I could actually do. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to stick to golf from yeah, here on. Now. Yeah. I can't take any more bad knees. And No, I gave it up too. Yeah. I, I got 12 stitches in my chin, broke my ankle playing softball and, and went to – I was at Hermitage at the time working on – had to go to work for six weeks. And I said, all right, yeah. this is just stupid. Well, yeah, man, we could probably go down that rabbit hole. And, but, yeah, yeah, thanks to my mom and dad. Yep. And like I said – when we got on here, I hadn't screwed it up yet. So well, I'm going to continue to get up every day and try not to screw it up. Well, awesome. <laughs> well, you, you, I, I'll circle back around to what I started with, man. You were an influence on me when I was a very young age, uh, especially watching you hit balls. Uh, I'm <laughs> glad that we've continued to uh, have a, a relationship. I'm sure that'll 
this will build it. And for those people that didn't know you or kind of knew you from afar, uh, listening to this will open their eyes to some of the things that you uh, have been doing, so you, you're, what you've contributed to the game, what it's given back to you. And uh, I know that uh, it'll, it'll be well-received. Yeah. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to sit here and chat with me. Well, I appreciate it. That They call me Rayford now, and that's my Twitter handle. Is Rayford. At, at Rayford Golf. Yep. So – Rayford's the Rayford's the golfer. Ray is the better human being. Yeah, is that Rayford your full name? Rayford Gene Pierce Jr. Yeah, there you go. I'm a junior. Yeah, my dad is my dad goes by Gene. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's Rayford one. I'm yeah. Rayford two. <laughs> All right. Well, you've uh, you certainly uh, have a great place here. Uh, if you're in the area, Eagleville. Are we in Eagleville? We're Actually, in Rockville. Rockville, 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 which is between Murfreesboro and Franklin, and you can find it. Champions Run. He's Champions at, Run dot biz. Yeah, yep, um, and it's a great, great golf course, fun layout, and uh, they'd love to have you play and and uh, come down and see Ray. He, if you can't see him now, I'll try to describe him. He's <laughs> the most laid back golf pro you've ever you ever come across, man. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it, and. Um, that's it, guys. Uh, find him at, at Rayford Golf on Twitter. Um, I'm BJ Parker, the host of Making the Turn podcast. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.